This is Victory House. I've been reading from John chapter 4. I mean, sometimes that I've had opportunity to talk here. It feels like a long time now <laughs> when I've preached. That's good. Amen. All right. We've been looking at John chapter 4. And if we start from verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Tonight I will just charge us in what I call plugged in. I want you to look at yourself, whichever way that would mean to you, maybe whether you touch yourself, just look down and say to yourself, say in the name of Jesus, I am plugged to the source. Therefore, nothing will be lacking or missing in my life. So, in this story that we start from John chapter 4, where Jesus was leaving Judea and Jesus was going to Galilee, but he was passing through Samaria. We, one of the first things we saw was that Jesus should have settled in Judea. He was beginning to have traction. He was beginning to, the ministry seemed to begin to move forward. And one of the dangers of life is this. That many, many times, many people tend to settle too soon. Many people tend to assume that a particular place that they are now, even when some of the place was not comfortable, after a while, there is this familiarity that just keeps them and accepts the norm. And I want to let you understand that if you and I serve Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday and today and forever, it means that we should not be satisfied with the norm. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, Proverbs chapter 4 and 18, it says the path of the righteous man is like a shining light that shineth brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. I want you to lift up your right hand and say this with me. Say in the name of Jesus. My best days are still ahead of me. I declare, because I'm still alive, I will do new things. I will achieve new things. In the name of Jesus. Please never buy into this maintenance thing where we maintain what we have. You know, the devil wants to say, you know, I'm not saying God shouldn't do new things, but you know, just this one that I have, let's just maintain it. And it deceives us. But you see, the best way to maintain whatever God has given to you is to keep moving forward. Because once you stand and once you stay, what happened to Lot's wife will be kind of what will happen. Because his commandment to you and I is to go forward. If you look at the armor of the believer in Ephesians 6, the Bible did not say there is anything for the back. Because there's no reason for you to look at the back. There's no reason for you to stand. There is no reason for you to now look at the back and say, oh, the back is very beautiful. If you do that, you will be like what happened to 
this woman who became a pillar of salt, I mean, maybe not literally, but things will not function the way God wanted them to function. Because the way God wants you and I to move is to move forward. I want you to tell yourself, say, I'm going forward. You can say it louder, say, I'm going forward. So the Bible said, Jesus did not stay at this height of success. He was not satisfied with the status quo. My prayer for you and I is that God will keep us making us dissatisfied. Not ungrateful, but dissatisfied with the status quo. Can somebody say amen to that? So it is not good to be easily satisfied. There is something about human beings that sometimes just wants to stay where they have been used to. They don't want to try new things. They don't want to advance forward. They don't want to, they don't want to move into some, some new realms. And sometimes culture, education, it puts us in that stuff. You know, I ran into somebody this week. And, and I, I mean, I heard something in, in a service that I went after our service last Sunday. And uh, the man of God was talking about the fact that many times education makes people to, th it, it redefines their thinking and somehow makes their thinking little. Because it's like once people go to school, the next thing is that they are looking for a job so that somebody will employ them. And, um, you, you know, they, sometimes they don't want to think about how can I do something and employ other people. Now, I met this guy. So the guy, it was a auto shop. And the guy was telling me that, you know, the, whatever I came to fix, that he, had, he does maybe two or three of it in a year. And this was quite an expensive um, um, auto repair work that I was doing. So I was like, ah, what do you do? He said he buys, he has like seven trucks. He mentions several things. And you could tell from his English that, you know, he may not be like some of us that like to read book and all of that kind of thing. So I don't know how far his education went. But he was just telling me so many things. And, and I was looking to myself that in this same city, this guy who is English is not perfect. He's, he has employees. In fact, some of you, one of his employees was with him. And he was... He, he, he's making things happen and I believe it is because somehow uh, because maybe the disadvantage that he had maybe with education or something that thing just makes him to think that I need to do a little extra and it just pushed him a little bit away from the normal track because the normal track is that get a 9 to 5 job especially people like him because he's from Hispanic heritage. I mean, he could speak English, but his English was, you know, not, not the best. But I, I was just intrigued that this guy, and going by the way he was talking, his age is not, maybe I will even be older than the guy, but the guy was talking about some figures that, you know, he didn't mention them, but he talked about some things that he was doing that I, I was just doing the math in my head. That, ah, what's going on here? This guy is not a small guy. But, uh, you know, so what keeps people like you know if i use myself as a type that me i am a type of guy that went to school and then got an education and then thinks that i should just stay with education there's nothing wrong with staying with education and then getting a ninety-five job but you see sometimes there are people like in that description that stay there and there are more things that they can do but people in his own description because of a few things that have happened in his life he just pushes himself i am praying for you if you are in that category of that school where they stay in the normal and god will push you into the abnormal it will be the good abnormal in the name of jesus so jesus did not stay 
he, did, he didn't stay in Galilee, uh, in Judea. He advanced forward. But you see, the thing that struck me in that story was that the Bible said, even though it was Galilee that Jesus was going to, he needed to pass through Samaria. And it occurred to me that it is possible to make two errors. The error of where you are coming from, your origin, and the error of destination. So many people tend to think in terms of my origin, my past, what my parents did. It didn't work for me and something like that. And so they let whatever happened limit them. There are other people that are focusing on what will happen. They are living their life in, you know, they are pushing every life to the future. They are pushing everything to when I this, when I that, when my children come, when my husband comes, when this comes. Now, understand that hope is good because that statement when, uh, you know, pushing things in the future is, is talking about hope. But you see, you cannot live in the fullness of what God has for you if you live your life like that. Because if you look at this story, a lot happened in that passing through. Jesus was passing through Samaria. Samaria was not his destination. But the, almost the whole of John chapter 4 happened in Samaria. But that was not his destination. Have we not noticed that most of life happens in between when we leave Judea and when we are going to Galilee? That's when life happens. That's when many, many things are happening. That's when uh, in the bead of I have prayed God about that life partner. And before I see that life, there's a lot of things that are happening. And some of those things, some of us are not paying attention to them. Some of us are not maximizing those moments because we are looking into destination. And you know one of the things the devil likes? He likes to keep us deceived. Because now you, the destination assumes an importance that it doesn't really have. Because in the agenda of God, that excursion, that passing through Samaria is also part of God. That means that wherever you are now, even though you know that you should not stay where you are coming from, but wherever you are now, let God use that place. Let God use that situation. Let God have way there. Let God maximize it. Let God walk there. Let God make it the best thing God can make it. Don't, don't, don't cheat yourself. Don't let the devil cheat you. Don't let the devil think, let you think that it, there, there are only two options. Is either you are in Judea or you are in Galilee. Don't let the devil sell you a lie. There are some options in between between Galilee and Judea. Uh, there, there are some things that will happen. There are some people that you will meet. There are some things that will happen to you. And they will help you when you get to that destination that you are going through. So, instead of only focusing on where you are going, why don't you appreciate God? Why don't you allow God to use where you are, to use your Samaria, to allow you to enjoy the best of what is happening in Samaria? And I pray for somebody listening to me tonight that in the name of Jesus, 
uh, that every Samaria experience that you're having now, everything that you need to get from there, every person you need to meet there, every person, every relationship that you need to unnest there, you will not miss those relationships in the name of Jesus. Joseph was going from Judea to Galilee. Joseph's Judea was, I have a dream. His Galilee was, I stand before Pharaoh, I am the prime minister. But you see, everything that Joseph went through was in Samaria. If Joseph did not know that in that prison, those butler and baker that he was talking to were a Samaria experience, but that Samaria experience will help him to enjoy Galilee, he would have missed Galilee. And there are so many people, they don't understand that even coming to church, it seems that you have all the time now to come to church. Some people say, well, they will not think I don't have anything to do. You don't know that that is a Samaria experience that would do something for your Galilee. I have, I, I mean, sometimes when I find myself in what is like Judea going through Samaria to Galilee experience, I have regretted sometimes when I find myself in the Judea, in my so-called Galilee, that I wasted some Samaria experience. I, that I wasted some, I, 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 it now occurred to me that I didn't know that this Samaria experience was going to also be needed in Galilee. I didn't know that some of these people that I met on my way to Samaria, they will help me to do something that will better my life, that will even advance what God is sending me to do. Because remember that the reason Jesus is going from Judea to Galilee is because of people. It's because of souls. So he passes through Samaria, but he allows himself to pass through Samaria such that he didn't enter inside Samaria. He was just like at the outskirts of Samaria and the Bible said the whole city came to meet him there. Don't you think that the same thing he wanted to go and do in Galilee, he was already accomplishing it in Samaria just because he allowed himself to allow the experience of that Samaria to take place. I'm praying for somebody. Everything that you have been cheated of because you are looking at two options. You're looking for where you are coming from and to where you are going to. And you are not understanding that where you are now, there are things that are happening where you are now that if you pay more attention to it and give more to it, something will happen to you and more good things will happen. I'm praying that God will help you such that you will not be cheated any longer in the name of Jesus. And every way you have been cheated in time past, God will compensate you. If you are saying amen, make it louder. So most of life usually happens in Samaria. But so the Bible said, this woman, and I'm entering the story now from after verse, verse 3. The Bible said this woman came to the well. And this well is a type or water generally is a type of the, the, the move of the Spirit of God. Is a type of the move of the Spirit of God. And the Bible said this woman came there. Jesus was there. And so when, when it comes to the move of God, there are, two, there are different types of people that you find within the move of God. You find a type of this woman in the move of God. 
the people that will come into where God is and they will literally miss God. And then you find the Jesus who are not just there just to mark attendance, who are not just do, doing religion. Can I advise you and can I beg you in the name of Jesus, the son of the living God, when it comes to your experience with God, don't do a class action. Don't just, don't just do things. Don't just be a routine person. Don't just be somebody who is just present. Don't just be somebody like this woman, like the Bible said. She was saying a lot of things and you could tell Jesus didn't need too many uh, 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 theology uh, uh, exposition to understand that this woman did not know what she was talking about. She only had head knowledge. She did not have heart knowledge. So in the move of God, or at the well of God, there are different kind of people. My prayer for you is that you will be transitioning not to be this kind of woman who did not know what was going on, but Jesus who had a connection with God who can help. Can somebody say amen to that? And when you come to a well, some of us that grew up in places where we even use well, manual well, not... <laughs> real well you throw you throw something into it and you draw water out of the well you will notice that wells what you get from a well is not only what is available it is based on demand what you get from god what you get from the spirit of god is based on your demand is based on the desire is based on your hunger is based on your thirst so when you and i come to the presence of god anywhere you hear that they are calling god come with thirst come with hunger come knowing that something can happen to you here even if it doesn't happen to everybody let me say this to you what happens in a service or what happens to you from God? Some part of it is in the hand of God. But a lot of it is in your own hand. A lot of it. So it is possible for you to have a, an experience in a service that is uniquely you, yours. I've, I've shared this story before of, of, of a guy that used to go to a healing crusade this healing crusade was staged so all the people that came to the crusade or the meeting is not just healing but they would have taken their data before they come in and then the pastor had an, something like hairpiece in his ear and then so when he gets close to somebody they'll tell him this person wearing red something something this person has two two children this person has this. They'll just tell him in his ears. And then he will walk up to the person, give <laughs> word from knowledge. <laughs> Not word of knowledge. This is from knowledge. They, tell, they told him this one. You know? Then give the guy. So, I mean, everybody will be like, wow. And the guy too will stand up. He will be wondering that, what? Man, they just got me. This man is, has read my mails. He knows everything about my life. Then there was this crippled kid that used to come to that meeting. Every day and every day. Once the kid is approaching the man of God, the, this presenter, because he's the man of God, he's just presenting. The guy will see the cripple, he will just bail. He will, <laughs> he will run away and say, say, this one will spoil my market. <laughs> Mess me up. <laughs> and he will run. So day in day out, this, this was happening to this boy. Then one day, this boy decided that, you know what? I'm going to wait here today. Something is going to happen to me in this place today. And 
the boy just started crying and there was a crucifix of jesus in the church you know there was a huge cross you know where there was a like an image of jesus on it and then the boy was crying as he was crying he just felt that there was a movement on that cross and he just opened his eyes he saw that the cross was not no more an image it, jesus seemingly was alive on the cross you know and of course just his, the presence of jesus healed him so the next day when he came back to the meeting that was the end of the meeting the pastor ran out <laughs> that i i guess the guy felt that if i'm doing fake and fake produces results i don't know what other results this thing can produce and the guy ran out but the moral of the story is this even though even the man of god in that scenario was fake this boy because of demand because he is coming to this well and coming with his own kind of capacity with his own kind of thing to draw from this well he drew even the thing that the man that was the presenter did not know was there i pray that somebody would draw something tonight that's why we've come to draw 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 from you again yeah, yeah. Oh, we've come to draw, oh, draw, draw, draw from you again. Yeah, yeah. Keep the music playing. How can I draw? How can I draw when I come to a service like this? When I don't come to a service like this, how can I draw? One of the first ways to draw is to be hungry, is to be thirsty, is to be desirous, is to be, is to just live hungry. You are grateful, but you are not satisfied. Remember that this woman, this woman had five husbands. Why did she have five husbands? She was looking for something and she couldn't find it. But when she met Jesus, she met satisfaction. So there is more to life than where I am now. There is more to life than what I've experienced so far. Jesus can give me true satisfaction. And how do I get it? I become hungry for it. I become desirous for it. I desire that I want to see more of the move of God in my life even sometimes when that my desire has not been met before because some people they started like the five wise virgin they were desirous all of a sudden because their desire was not met after a while they revised the desire to say that we are not desirous of anything again say so after all let us be grateful gratitude does not mean you should not desire gratitude does not mean that oh you should not be panting for something gratitude does not mean you can't say god i'm grateful for what you have done but i know you can do more let me tell you this god loves the people that believe that he can do much more than he has done there are some things that if you don't desire it it will not happen the bible said in john chapter 2 about the miracle at cana of galilee jesus said my hour has not yet come and you know jesus is not a liar and that means that there was no miracle in the plan for that service but mary said something i have desire people 
I hope you have desire and you are going to match your desire with a demand and your demand is your action. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And they were standing there. I guess Jesus will see them like, ah, what, which kind of something is this one now? Maybe they stood there one hour. Maybe they stood there two hours. Maybe it was now five hours. And some people started leaving and Jesus is like, it seems that we are not going to live here without a miracle. And Jesus' whose time had not come in the beginning of the verse, his time seemingly came. Because the Bible said they got wine. How did they get wine? Hunger, sir. How did they get wine? Desire, sir. So how can I draw? I can draw with hunger. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And if you've been around me for a little bit, you know that uh, it seems that Isaiah chapter 55 is the new best scripture ever <laughs> i just have in fact it's my it's my prayer on my personal note isaiah 55 let's read from verse 1 to 3 real quick draw 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 from you again hey hey come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. If you just read this, you just think there's nothing to use to buy. No, there is something you are going to use to buy. You are not just going to use money, but there is a purchasing power. Let's read on. It says, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good and I will delight in the richest affair. God said in that chapter 1, he said, come, even though you don't have money, but everyone that is thirsty, that is enough. If you are thirsty, if you are hungry and you can pray to God and say, God, make me hungry make me thirst for more make me hungry make me thirst for more don't let me be comfortable with just small i want more i want you to say it loud to jesus as if he's hearing you tonight say in the name of jesus i want to be more hungry and thirsty for you fill me lord to overflowing in the name of jesus so how do you draw how do you draw from the well of salvation? You hunger, you thirst. How do you draw? You ask. You ask. You ask. You just ask. You ask. As simple as that word is, you ask. Sometimes we have hung around God so long that we have forgotten the value of asking. You have not because you ask not oh you ask you ask in prayer you ask when you're singing you ask in your confession you ask in your thinking you just ask you demand because you see the grace of god is a supply and it answers to demand and demand is asking demand is praying demand asking is praying and when you pray, prayer builds your capacity to be more hungry and to be more thirsty. And you know, hunger and thirst are the first things. So you, you, you hunger and thirst, then you ask. In Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1, Zechariah 10 and verse 1, the Bible said, 
ask of the Lord the rain ask for the rain in the springtime he said it is the Lord who sends the thunderstorms he gives the showers of rain to all people and plants of the field to everyone ask of the Lord Lord I want rain Lord I want rain Lord I want you to rain on me I want you to rain on my business I want you to rain on my family I want you to drench me in you I want you to drench me in your favor I want your favor on my business on my family you ask you ask i want us to stand up I'll, I'll, I'll say the next few things i need to stay while we're standing up hey draw from you again hey 